When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Clay Travis Buck Sexton Show, hour number three, Thursday edition from the Valley of the Sun out here in Phoenix. I'll be here today, tomorrow, and Monday. Super Bowl going on here. And I love this town. Have met many of you out there listening. Appreciate them hosting me here in Phoenix, where, by the way, Clay and Buck Show is the number one radio show in the entire city. One of many places out there uh, where that is the case. Buck Sexton out for the rest of this week and next week on his honeymoon. Um, and so we wish the best to he and Carrie, but I'll be manning the ship and trying to keep us from running aground too often uh, in the next, uh, the rest of this week and all of next week as well. Joe Biden presently speaking to the American public right now. The numbers are out on his State of the Union address. It was the second smallest audience to watch a State of the Union address in 30 years. The only one that was smaller was Joe Biden's first address, which technically was right after uh, he was coming into office when only 26.9 million people watched him speak then. Just 27.3 million watched on Tuesday, meaning that regardless of what Joe Biden said, it was unlikely to be a persuasive speech. But I think it's important to recognize two things. One, Joe Biden is going to run in 2024. And two, as cognitively impaired and likely to get far worse as Joe Biden is, he's 80 now. He would be 82 for the election of a second term, and he would be 86 years old when he finishes the term completely. And I was out last night um, with some friends in uh in phoenix and one of those friends came up and he said clay love the show i always like to hear that uh and uh and he said to somebody in the media business out uh also for the super bowl he said i just have one question for you can you please mention it on the radio tomorrow why do we not have upper upper end age limits for people to hold office we've had this conversation on the show before and and i do think it's a really fascinating one because if you think about it from a constitutional perspective 
The reason why, and his point was, we have a lower let, uh, lower end age limit, right? You have to be 35 years old to be elected president in the United States. And, you know, a lot of people out there right now, you don't really think about why the lower end age limits existed because 35 is young, but it's not insanely young, right? And the stair step, House of Representatives, I believe, is 26. Uh, and then I think the Senate is 30 or whatever it is. And then obviously the presidency, you have to be 35 years old. And the answer there, historically, to a large degree, our founding fathers wanted to keep someone from having an elective office and being able to hand it off to someone so young that they were the default, even if they weren't in office continuation, right? You didn't want to end up with a situation uh, where a president could serve for a couple of terms and then the president could decide to make his 18-year-old son the president of the United States where it's a default continuation of a presidency going on and forward. It was an idea to try, I think, to combat combat dynastic genealogy which was one of the things that they were fighting against uh here in the united states compared to uh the 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 legacy of european power so that makes some sense i also think there was this idea that by and large people didn't live that long in the 1700s so i think and i know benjamin franklin was old during the constitutional convention and all of that and during the revolution there certainly were elderly individuals but a lot of the founding fathers were really pretty young when they were out battling for american independence in their 20s and their 30s which is kind of crazy to think about and i don't believe many of them contemplated that we would be in a situation where an 85 year old guy would be the president of the united states Or, frankly, we'd have a Speaker of the House over 80. I mean, we really do have a very elderly ruling class. And I think that becomes important when you consider it doesn't matter to Democrats. They've made the calculated decision that Joe Biden is going to be their nominee in 2024. And it doesn't matter what his health condition is, by and large. It doesn't matter how addled he is, how incapable of actually responding on his feet how he can't make decisions that are important if there's not a long-range precedent in play, such as what happened we just saw with the Chinese spy balloon. But if you were out there and you thought to yourself, Democrats are going to have one bit of an iota of caring about the cognitive abilities of the person who is our commander-in-chief, the person who is the ultimate decider, if you thought that they were going to, even for a moment, consider that it might be unacceptable to put somebody of Joe Biden's clear cognitive deficiencies in the Oval Office for another four years. John Fetterman is now a senator from Pennsylvania. And this is not getting a lot of attention because it ties in with what Buck and I told you, with what many of you out there knew would happen. I hope he's okay, and I hope he gets out. But John Fetterman is currently hospitalized with a health condition they don't know exactly what it is there was fear that he might have had another stroke it does not appear that he's had a stroke but as anybody who watched this campaign in pennsylvania as anyone who watched the debate between fetterman and dr oz knew this man john fetterman was not capable of doing the job for which he was elected he has not even made it a full month 
without having to be hospitalized. Six-year term that he has in the Senate, he couldn't even make it a full month without being hospitalized. This is a report. Let me make sure that I get this right. Uh, about who is out there uh, making this uh, making this discussion. Uh, this is Samantha Manning, a Pittsburgh local news reporter, giving an update outside of the hospital. This was a little bit over 30 minutes ago on John Fetterman. Senator John Fetterman's staff says they drove him here to GW Hospital yesterday after the senator said he was feeling lightheaded. He had been attending the Senate Democratic retreat when he wasn't feeling well, and that's when staff members drove him over here to the hospital. Now, his office tells us that initial testing does not show signs of a new stroke, but they did keep him here overnight, and they are continuing to run more tests and had him under observation. His staff tells us the senator is in good spirits and has been talking to family and his staff members. So, okay, that's great. He's in good spirits. I hope that he's able to leave the George Washington University Hospital and he's going to be fine. He couldn't make it a month. John Fetterman was in such decrepit physical health that he couldn't make it a month without being checked into the hospital. If you raised his health condition as an issue, Democrats attacked you for having the gall to raise any issues at all about whether John Fetterman was able to do this job. They did. They said it was unacceptable to even ask those questions. He couldn't make it a month without needing to be checked into a hospital. And they were afraid that he had another stroke. Now, they're running, like uh, the report there said, a battery of tests to try to figure out why he felt the need to be checked into the hospital. But if you're a Pennsylvanian right now, It's important to have a senator who can advocate for your positions. Being healthy enough to do the job is the number one most important attribute that anybody who is elected has to have. This, to me, though, is a perfect representation of what they will do with Joe Biden. Biden is not healthy enough to be president now. It is reckless and indefensible to put him up for election again in 2024. He can barely travel around the country. He can't speak hardly at all off of the teleprompter. He can't answer questions. He didn't know what to do when a Chinese spy balloon suddenly showed up. He's Fetterman. Joe Biden is Fetterman. Yet if you question Joe Biden's fitness, just wait for this. There's going to be... A substantial number of people out there soon carrying water for Joe Biden, arguing that this is an unacceptable line of questioning, that asking the single most essential question of any political candidate, are you physically healthy enough to do the job? Not permitted. And if you believe that there's going to be any one out there in the Democrat Party who is willing to actually do what should happen, right? Biden should step down at the end of this term. And he should say, I'm too old to continue as president. I don't have the physical wherewithal or capabilities to do this job, which is one of the most difficult jobs in the world with the utmost vigor and health that is necessary. And so we're going to have an open primary and Democrats can nominate someone new. That's what he should do. That's what someone who truly cared about the country would do. It's not Joe Biden. It's not Democrats. They don't want an open primary. They don't want a battle. They believe that Joe Biden is the most likely candidate in the Democrat Party, to win in 2024, so nothing else matters. Every other factor is gone. It's erased. And Fetterman, we told you on this show, he said, look, 
This guy is not able to do the job. He's really unhealthy. And if, frankly, his family cared about him, and if the Democrats in Pennsylvania cared about him, and if the Democrats nationally cared about him, they wouldn't heap upon the shoulders of a clearly unhealthy man an incredibly difficult job as a United States senator for the next six years. I would be stunned beyond belief if John Fetterman is able to do this job for six years. I'm not sure he's going to make it a year before there's going to have to be an appointment of someone to replace him. It was reckless. It was indefensible. Whether you loved everything about him or not, Dr. Oz would have been a very good senator for Pennsylvania. He can do the job. His job has been for a living to communicate with people. Yet Democrats dragged John Fetterman across the finish line because they were unwilling to acknowledge that what they were doing was reckless. And it is a perfect example of what they will do with Joe Biden in 2024 as well. Uh, as we roll through the third hour of the program, 800-282-2882, I'm going to open up the phone lines. I'm also going to play for you a clip that, frankly, I heard and I could not believe of what was being said about Marjorie Taylor Greene by Democrat consultant operative James Carville in the wake of the Tuesday night State of the Union address. If you haven't heard this clip, you're going to be, I think, utterly disgusted. We'll talk about it next. And uh, Clay Travis and Buck Sexton making sense. In- when you drive a vehicle so reliable, it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty. You stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. An insane world. We roll through the Thursday edition of the program. As always, encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a single moment. 
I mentioned for you at the top of the hour that the State of the Union was the smallest basically in 30 years, the next two smallest for Joe Biden. Um, and uh, I also uh, would encourage you to uh, to keep in mind that, therefore, any impact, although there are several different studies out there that suggested in the immediate aftermath, I should say polls that suggested in the immediate aftermath, uh, that there was not in any way a substantial impact, uh, Joe Biden uh, delivered the worst State of the Union speech in 25 years, uh, according to a poll that was released by CNN, which obviously is not necessarily uh, designed to appeal to uh, to Republicans, only 34 percent of people who watched the speech reacted very positively to Biden's speech. Uh, this is a quote from the poll, the lowest in CNN's speech reaction polls dating back to 1998. So it's hard to believe that Joe Biden has moved the lever or moved uh, the, uh, the the argument sphere in any way based on what he said in that State of the Union address. But didn't stop James Carville from going on MSNBC, I believe that it was, and going after Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, Congresswoman from Georgia, for her behavior during the speech. Listen. Well, uh, you know, I told people I have a clue of a Ph.D. in white trashology. And you saw real white trash on display. Mm. And let me say something about Congressman Marjorie Taylor Brink. She dresses like white trash. She really needs a fashion consultant. Can I recommend George Santos? He, he could do a good job of, of dressing up where she doesn't announce her white trash them by her, her own well, clothes. Look, James Carville's from Louisiana. Raging Cajun helped to get Bill Clinton elected to the White House. But going on MSNBC and calling Marjorie Taylor Greene white trash based on the clothes that she wears, even for MSNBC, that's pretty indefensible. And what's also interesting about this is in our speech codes, if James Carville says anything about any other race in America, that derogatory, based on anything that they're wearing, Asian, Hispanic, black, he gets immediately canceled. Why in the world is it okay? You can say, look, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene, if you're James Carville, I think her behavior during the State of the Union was unacceptable. By the way, I don't, because if you look at Parliament in England for hundreds of years, reacting to things that are said during a speech as opposed to sitting basically in stone-faced derision, doesn't make a big deal to me. And when you're constantly having people stand and cheer you during the course of a speech, the idea that there is no reaction to the speech is just out the window. Basically what you're saying is you can only cheer, you can't boo. Well, what kind of standard are we setting there then? You're only allowed to support what the president says? You're not allowed to reject what the president says. I think it's very important for the president to see that everybody doesn't agree with his agenda because when you're in the White House bubble, sometimes you lose track of what the larger American public thinks. So a speech in front of actual audience that has people who like and dislike you is actually very rare. Most presidents only speak to their favored constituency. But if you're going to say... Oh, you're allowed to stand and cheer for the president, 
but you aren't allowed to boo or react to the president. I, I just don't agree with that precedent in general. But if James Carville wanted to go out and attack Marjorie Taylor Greene for that, I would say that's a very valid perspective. You shouldn't react to the president. You shouldn't call him a liar. Okay, you can make that argument. But to go after Marjorie Taylor Greene because of her outfit and to call her white trash? I just, I, 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 I heard this clip and I couldn't believe that James Carville went on MSNBC and said it. I, I just really couldn't. Now, I live in the South. That's one of the most denigrating things you could say about a white person to call them white trash. And oftentimes, frankly, what you're doing in that scenario, James Carville, is judging someone based on their economic status. Because one of the things when you call somebody white trash, usually the insult is also includes poor white trash. You can't afford to dress yourself as well as you should. You weren't able to go and get as good of an education as you should have gotten. It's incredibly denigrating, and I think it is a sign of how the Democrat Party in general has become the party of woke, white, over-educated people. And you wonder how you're losing people who have jobs where they have to go out and sometimes get grit under their fingernails, people who have to work for a living. Well, those people are all voting Republican now because of the denigration that's coming out from people like James Carville, who's calling Marjorie Taylor Greene white trash. Welcome to MSNBC. Small business owners, there may well be a refund in your future from the IRS. If your business has five or more employees, manage to make it through COVID and big-time inflation. You could be eligible to receive a payroll tax rebate of up to $26,000 per employee. Important to note, not a loan, no payback, just a refund of your taxes. And it's a refund of your taxes that will be uncovered by many highly trained tax specialists. Tax attorneys will get you hooked up. They can help you to get back your own money. doesn't cost you anything. They'll share a percentage of the proceeds. They've already returned over $3 billion to businesses. They can help you as well. Just go to GetRefunds.com, click on Qualify Me, answer a few questions. Payroll tax refund only available for a limited amount of time. Don't miss out. Go to GetRefunds.com. No risk, high reward. GetRefunds.com. Play Travis and Buck Sexton. On the front lines of truth. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We got a lot of people who want to weigh in, giving you a little bit of an early preview. We're going to take a bunch of calls tomorrow, have some fun on Friday going into the weekend. Super Bowl on the horizon. Um, I'm out here in Phoenix. Encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast. We had a lot of fun today. Uh, a lot of deep dives. We talked about the Twitter hearings, why they matter at the top of the second hour. Uh, Disney versus Ron DeSantis. I think a really interesting discussion that we had in the first hour of the program. You can go subscribe to the podcast and you can go check out any segment. Zoom ahead. Uh, you can also go check out clayandbuck.com for a recitation of what's going on there as well, including some of the crazy woke Disney uh, programming that is being directed towards your children um let's go let's have some fun uh here with uh, the calls brian in north carolina you want to talk about the first man 
and Dr. Jill Biden's near makeout session. I thought he was going to slip her some tongue there for a minute, and I wanted to know where his hands were. I'm going to be honest with you. That was a, that was a pretty aggressive uh, greeting up there at the State of the Union. Well, listen, man, I, I am a fan of you guys. I'm just so grateful for you taking this time slot. And, yeah, I feel bad for your co-host. You know, had that wedding been after the State of the Union, perhaps he could have gotten some really good intel on how to plant such a passionate smooch you know, in the moment, because <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like that. And think about this. The, the president's wife mouth kissed the vice president's husband. Like, wh- what kind of sentence is that? It, it's, it's wild, re- man. It was wild. Thanks, thanks for the call. If you missed that, early on we had some, some fireworks in the State of the Union. Dr. Jill Biden, it's important to remember that she's a doctor. She's probably an expert in kissing. She went in for a kiss with Doug El, uh, Elmhoff. I think this is how you pronounce his name, the first gentleman, Kamala Harris's husband. And I really think, I don't know where his hands were. His intentions or her intentions seemed quite improper to me. I don't know if he slipped tongue. I don't know if she slipped tongue. It, it was a, it was an aggressive kiss. Really funny too. That, that one of the biggest storylines coming out of, the State of the Union, Dr. Jill Biden and the first gentleman making out like a couple of teenagers in the uh, in the House chambers. It's funny. It's ridiculous. Um, yeah, and, uh, and I saw, by the way, right before Buck left, he got into a discussion. I saw him share this on social media with Carol Markowitz, who is fantastic, writes for the New York Post, uh, about whether women should wear fancy shoes or not out in public. I was a little bit disappointed in Buck. He was like, just wear shoes that aren't that nice. It doesn't matter. And all these women out there in media are just, they're jumping on Buck like crazy. Not the way that the first gentleman jumped on Jill Biden, but they're jumping on Buck like crazy. And they're, uh, and, and they're telling him, look, whatever pain comes from wearing uncomfortable shoes is worth it to look great. And so Buck is just, I think he's fighting a losing battle here. I don't think you go after women in their shoes. Maybe something that he's going to learn now as a married man. Uh, we got a bunch of callers. Uh, Chuck in Kentucky. What you got for us, Chuck? Yeah, Buck. Uh, that, I mean, sorry, Trey. Uh, that deal you're 0 for 2, you know, but I know who you're talking to. Gotcha. Uh, hey, uh, that, uh, that kiss she's talking about, just look, there'd be, another, there'd be a new Swainer law coming down the road next, and on the on the deal about uh, Marjorie Green, she's a true patriot, and this idiot that thinks he that he's part of the swamp trying to destroy our country, and that's who we got to get. We've got to get, like you said, we got to find out the leader who's controlling all these people that's trying to destroy America. Yeah, look, thanks for the call. The FBI, we got to figure out who the puppet master is. As I've been talking out throughout this show. You can criticize Marjorie Taylor Greene for a lot. That's what our government is involved in. That's what the marketplace of ideas is. If you think she's really dumb when it comes to tax policy, weigh in on tax policy. If you don't like the fact that she called Joe Biden a liar, weigh in on calling uh, her and say, hey, I don't think that was appropriate decorum for a State of the Union. You can make those arguments. But for James Carville to go on and just say, She's white trash and she dresses like white trash. Uh, I mean, I, and you wonder why you are losing 
people who work for a living? There's a lot of white people out there in the Midwest looking around like, man, that's what the Democrats really believe? That if I don't side along with Joe Biden, you're going to call me white trash? I mean, that's just the next step from calling you racist, right? Which is what they said when Donald Trump won in 2016. Rochelle in Wisconsin, what do you think about John Fetterman's health? Um, I think he's got a lot of issues. Um, and thank you for taking my phone call. Um, I think uh, my opinion is that the Democrats wanted Fetterman all along. Um, that was their plans because there are a lot of people there that want to do the job for him. Yeah. And they knew they can get him elected. Yeah, thank you and for the call, Rochelle. I, I think, look, there is a good chance, and I think it's unfortunate, but when you consider that senators have six-year terms, and this guy couldn't even make it a month without having to check himself into the hospital, I think there's a very good chance that he's going to have to be replaced as a senator and that the people of Pennsylvania are not going to have a duly elected member of the Senate that they chose. And that's why I consider it to be one of the most significant failures of our democratic process that Pennsylvania elected John Fetterman. They did. He won by four points. Dr. Oz was a really good candidate that lost by four points. Was there a chance that someone else, Kathy Barnett, could have won that uh, that Republican nomination, maybe beaten John Fetterman? I don't think so. I think it would have been so hard because the governor candidate, I believe, Mastriano, lost by 14 points to Shapiro. So you were asking for an awful lot of people to split their ticket, and we just weren't able to do it in Pennsylvania. And as a result, indefensibly, we now have John Fetterman in uh, as the senator for the next six years, and it's a job that he's not healthy enough to take. Uh, Jerry in El Paso, Texas. What you got for me, Jerry? Thanks for listening. Sir, I want yes, sir. I want to know why there's no forgiveness from all these CEOs and stuff like from Disney. That war happened. Slavery hasn't been in the United States over 160 years ago, but they're yeah. still blaming us. And my my family, all of them, came over on the boats afterwards. Why are yeah. you blaming us for that? You know, That's a great point. In a good book, forgive and you shall be forgiven. Thank you for the call. And for those of you who missed it, this crazy woke programming that is coming out for Disney blaming white people, a huge percentage of white people in this country are descended from people who were not even here when the Civil War happened. A huge percentage of white people in this country are descended from people who fought for the North in the Civil War and may have given their lives to end slavery. So this idea that there is a need for reparations, which is what Disney is arguing in children's programming, I might add, is particularly toxic and noxious to me. That's why I was saying to start the show, I think you have to take a serious look. If you're a parent or a grandparent, you're subscribed to Disney+. Plus. I think you have to take a serious look whether Disney deserves your money based on the programming that they are putting out for your kids. This is not the Disney of the 1970s, the 1980s, the 1990s that was designed to appeal to everyone. This is the toxic, woke Disney culture. And I think the reason why this happens, this is my theory on a larger scale. You said, why won't these CEOs forgive it? I think that the CEOs aren't doing what's in the best interest of the companies. 
I think they're doing what's in the best interest of the CEO's continued uh, employment. What I mean by that is if you're the CEO of Disney and you go to war internally with the woke culture that exists there, you might lose your job. You really might because that woke culture inside of these companies is so powerful Remember, they went after Bob Chapik for just saying, hey, I don't want to get involved in this Florida education bill. We're in 50 states. It's not that big of a deal. And they said to Bob Chapik, that's unacceptable. And eventually he weighed in, I think, to the detriment of Disney because most people were on Ron DeSantis' side. But these companies are being run by often white guys who are so afraid of being called racist or not uh, not listening enough to the diversity and inclusion experts, not being empathetic enough to their feelings, that they don't do what's in the best interest of the company, which is to appeal to everyone and just create great content. They do what's in the best interest of their continued employment. And there's oftentimes a very big difference between those two. You want to keep making, if you're the CEO of Disney, $50 million a year, for years into the future. The best way to avoid internal struggle in their mind is not to create a struggle with the diversity and inclusion wokeocrats that have basically taken over inside of these companies. And so that's why they send out all these emails about diversity and inclusion because they're trying to avoid being the targets of the people inside of their company. And I think that's such an important significant aspect that you have to understand where this is coming from. It's indisputably awful for Disney's business to be demanding reparations and saying white people are awful in your programming. Indisputably bad. Doesn't gain anything, creates a lot of alienation. But if Bob Iger comes out and says, we can't have programming like this, then he's the new target. He's the awful white guy in charge who won't allow the people who are diversity include uh, diverse and inclusive, even though, let's be honest, the number one rule of diversity and inclusion is they're actually less tolerant than anyone, right? That's the incredible irony about this. They tolerate anything except disagreement with them, in which case you're racist, sexist, homophobic, you don't deserve to have an opinion, don't deserve to have a job. That's the foundation of cancel culture. So they've created these ideologues inside of the companies, and many of the people running the companies are every day just trying to do their best not to be the targets themselves. And as a result, the company ends up not making the best decisions for the company. It's all about keeping the CEO in his job as opposed to being the best steward of the company that you can possibly be. And I think Disney is a perfect example of what happens when you allow that woke, as I've called them, the Trojan horse contingent in under these diversity inclusion mandates, and they, in the process, destroy the underlying business that you've spent decades creating brand awareness and strength with. Uh, I want to tell you, Michigan has a lot going for it, including all that's happening in the small college town of Hillsdale. That's where Hillsdale College was founded nearly 180 years ago. Their mission then and today is to defend our nation's freedoms. They do that in any number of ways, including educating their students and all of us. They do the latter with a series of video courses available to you online. Each one's free. Hillsdale's professors and administrators, they have a love for learning and a love for teaching. 
and that's apparent in every one of these video courses available on demand for free. You'll see it when you check them out. Whether you want to dig deep into the understanding of the Constitution, American history, or master knowledge on the great authors of our time, Hillsdale College has 30-some-odd courses to choose from. So go visit Clay and Buck for Hillsdale.com today. Pick one of these courses. No grading, no time limits. Just enjoy them for your own love of learning at Clay and Buck for Hillsdale.com. Get more educated in 2023 by going to Clay and Buck for Hillsdale.com and starting these free courses today. Clay and Buck for Hillsdale.com. Heard it on the show? Hear more on the podcast. Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives. More content, more common sense. Find the guides on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcast. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. As always, go download, subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you don't miss a single moment. Lots of unique, fun podcast exclusives also in there. And I want to tell you, if your phone service with Verizon, T-Mobile, or AT&T, you're spending too much money every month, maybe 50 or $60 too much, you can get the same level of service from Pure Talk, a company proudly employing a great U.S.-based customer service team and their veteran-owned cell phone service as good as any out there for half the cost. Get hooked up now. When you switch, it'll only take 10 minutes. Plus, first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it. If you're not completely happy, you'll get your money back. Support a company who supports you. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Uh, A lot of you want to weigh in 
uh, to close out uh, the show. Uh, a variety of different calls out there. Uh, let's go to Warner in Tennessee. Warner, where in Tennessee are you? I'm in Dyersburg, Clay, about 20 miles from Mississippi River. All right. Uh, what you got for me here? Well, I wanted to ask you a, a very important question. Uh, now, let me frame it by saying that both of these guys would look perfectly at home coming out of Medusa's head. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> who looks more like a snake, that boy down there on the bayou, Carvel, or Mel Kuyper at ESPN? Oh, that's funny. Uh, thanks for the call, by the way, Warner. Uh, we're talking about James Carville because he called Marjorie Taylor Greene white trash because of the clothes that she wore. And I'm going to say Carville looks more like a snake. He looks a little bit like a serpent if you look at him. I think when you call somebody white trash, it's fair to say, you know what, you look like a snake. And I'm surprised Carville in particular would make this error because he's a southerner and he should know better than anybody that what has happened in the South is you basically have lost anybody that works for a living if you're in the Democrat Party and you don't live in the middle of a deep blue city. And I know Rush used to call Carville Serpent Head. Um, but what an arrogant thing to say when you are claiming and i've seen carville come out and say we got to stop and to be to his credit he's right about this he's like we got to stop being so woke we got to stop talking like we were live in faculty lounges and then you're going to go call marjorie T- taylor green white trash i mean it's just ex- incredibly elitist of uh james carville and this is a guy who got bill clinton elected back in 1992 and again, reelected in 1996 by winning a lot of poor white people all over the country, but particularly the South. Bill Clinton won Tennessee. He won Arkansas. He won Georgia. He won lots of states with a lot of poor white people in them. Bill Clinton himself used to be a poor white guy. I bet James Carville's been a poor white guy at some point. Guess what? I've been a poor white guy in the South. Saying that somebody is poor white trash and they dress like poor white trash, which is essentially what James Carville said, he's telling on himself and he's telling on his party when they're saying that about Marjorie Taylor Greene. What they're telling you is they don't respect you. And they wouldn't say it about anybody other than a white person. Wouldn't say it about a Hispanic person. Wouldn't say it about a black person. Wouldn't say it about an Asian person. They would only say it about a white person. You know what? People are listening. And every single day, this show's audience is growing, and the Democrat Party's audience is shrinking. Appreciate y'all. Talk to you tomorrow. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. 
to the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 